This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Hosted by Andrew and Spencer, and we are here with another World Cup re- World Cup recap. Spencer, how are we doing, buddy? Andrew, I am just on cloud nine. Just World Cup, just soccer from like four a.m. our time to like what three p.m. ish our time. Just every single day, storylines galore. Fab still dropping bombs about Cristiano Ronaldo getting kicked out of Manchester United. It's it's just a great time to be a soccer fan, man. I'm on cloud nine. How about you? I go farther. I think it's maybe just a great time to be alive in general. You're right. It's like all the fun of the summer transfer window where England's been already running for six hours and you wake up and you're like, Oh, I have shit to catch up on. Like, I know we've talked about that before to have actual soccer to catch up on at four in the morning. I'll be honest, man. I know you didn't watch it and I didn't watch it either. And they'd have to put the USA game on for me to get up at four o'clock in the morning. We still got day jobs here, but like, I love it, man. I love waking up to being like, is Leo Messi going to be able to figure this out? What are we doing? Yeah, we're going to dive into the, like, we're definitely going to dive into the complaining about, like, putting Leo Messi at 4 a.m. type of thing. Figure it out, FIFA. But, you know, we can can save that conversation for when we get there, man. But otherwise, yeah, 4 a.m. game's tough, but we're having a great time, man. It's it's nice to just have an international tournament on. Always. I I could go for one. I know every four years is, like, the perfect amount of time. I'd go for one every other month just to kind of spice it up, right? Do a month of Premier League, get back into it. It'd be horrible. All the players would get super injured. But but like, especially as U.S. fans, like, because like we, we talked about it on the uh, reaction pod yesterday. It's like, uh, we get Gold Cup, which is like super mid. We get like, I well, don't and know. Like, but you... we care. We care. It's just everybody else is like, yeah, the USA and Mexico did it. It's like, but like, even yeah, but Gold it, it Cup took a while for us to get there. But yeah, we're, we're, we're staunch USA fans. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you. Even Gold Cup, like, I'm not paying attention to like at least the quarterfinals, man. Like, come on. Uh, like, tell me, I'm a sicko. Give me qualifying. I, give me. I'm a sicko, me, man. I'm an absolute I, I, we sicko. We both are. But like, the Gold you know, Cup, man. Like, it's not the Nicaragua. I got to find some weird stream that's in a different language. Yes, sir. All day. It's tough sometimes. And but it, it is tough out here. But um, kind of before we jump into, we're going to break down a bunch of the games here. Spencer, you saw something with uh, American reporter Grant Wall that you wanted to get into just with everything going on at the USA game yesterday. Tough out here. It's, uh, it's tough in Qatar right now, I'll tell you. I would not want to be a fan there, man. And you know me. I think we've had discussions before. I'm not like the most politic sports intermingling guy i understand the two things are going to intersect at times but overall i try to keep them as separate as i can as separate as you can at least in general but this world cup man like what are we doing here grant wall is getting detained for wearing a rainbow shirt to a game he's a journalist an american journalist one of the biggest american journalists when super it comes super to the- well respected yeah. seems like a good guy 
when it comes to the USMNT, he's um, a must follow if you don't follow him. But getting detained for wearing a rainbow shirt to the game. I, I don't remember if it was him or another American journalist who um, was taking a picture in a hotel lobby and like he was stopped by Qatari authorities and told he had like he had to delete the picture off his phone. You're hearing stories. I heard a story today about some Welsh fans that uh, were in an LGBTQ plus like fan group and they were wearing like little rainbow armbands or something. They weren't allowed to wear them into the stadium. There was the whole thing with, you know, um, yeah, Harry Kane and the other European captains who said they were going to wear the rainbow armband and FIFA basically cock blocked them and told them they couldn't do it. I just, I think politics are a very complicated thing, specifically geopolitics. It's obviously a different part of the world and you can only stick your nose in there so much and tell them how to live. That said, if you're Qatar and you're inviting the entire world to your country to host this international tournament, this game that's for everybody, and you're segregating like people, I mean, I guess they're letting everybody there, but you're not allowing people to wear what they like want to wear. You're telling people they can't cheer certain cheers. You're not allowing beer after you said for the last eight years you could have beer at the stadium, even though you don't drink beer and guitar or any alcohol. Now you're like, you know, at the 11th hour, you're like, no, never mind. We can't do it. Um, you guys have to drink like at least eight miles away from the stadium. Enjoy this butt zero. It's um, it's tough, man. It's a tough look for FIFA. I um, uh, I don't know, man. They they um, uh, they've had a lot of bad PR over the last few years. This was obviously like the previous regime. I don't want to throw this too much on um, Johnny Infantino, the current FIFA president, but like, <laughs> man. Uh, this is just this is a lot of bad PR for FIFA, man. It's like you said, like Qatar, like welcoming people into their thing. It's like the only reason Qatar is the people welcoming people in is because FIFA accepted bribes to do this, right? Like, I mean, allegedly, whatever, right? Like, no libel, slander, whatever. But like, this is so clearly an inside job, right? People are just on the take, taking money and everything else like that. Except ladders are criminal. It's it's insane, but like to have it be, you know, like to give the World Cup to Russia, right, is one thing. But then to just have it be like a place where you can't even like they, I mean, they don't care about people, right? They put it in a place where they literally can't even play soccer during the summer, which is when this tournament tournament is supposed to be. Like that's the level they're willing to overlook. So they don't have soccer in our best interest. They don't have people in their best interest. They don't have this world building brand they're supposed to have you know like ideal how they'd like to be seen they don't have that at their best interest so it's just money it's just like anything else man it just puts such a horrible taste in their mouth yeah the whole situation is just brutal man um i wouldn't want to be there um that said I, i i should say like there are some empty seats there we talked about it in our like preview pod how i was a little worried about how attendance would be at this whole thing the fans are packing out. We didn't even mention it in the U.S. pod yesterday. Like the um, the drum, the U.S.A. Like that was so <laughs> audible on the broadcast. That was awesome. The Welsh national anthem was freaking awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. There's um the fans are showing out despite like you know having to live in fucking tents in the desert, which is awesome, and not having any alcohol, you know, within twenty miles of them. So that's all good, but. I don't know. Overall, a tough look for FIFA, man. But 
as somebody that's consuming it from, you know, thousands upon thousands of miles away and watching it on TV, as long as the games aren't four in the morning, I'm really, really enjoying them. So let's get into today's four in the morning game, Andrew, shall we? Um, I, I wrote in our little rundown, I said I had such a great transition for this and yeah. I... Was I'm that gonna it? serve it up for you. No. Oh, okay. No, no. I, I was super worried. You were about to get chirped. Oh, that would be so anticlimactic. No. <laughs> Speaking of early in the morning. Oh my god. No. no. Lead us, Spencer. Take us there. Uh, so this game's at 4 a.m., right? And um, I know we talked about this before we hopped on to record it. It was something I looked at last night, and I'll tell you, like up until the eleventh hour, literally like at eleven PM, I'm sitting there in bed <laughs> and I'm like, should I set an alarm for four AM to watch this fucking soccer game? And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I said, <sighs> Argentina should wash Saudi Arabia. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to sleep in. I woke up about 6.30 for work as is, and I was like, I'll just, should be, maybe I'll catch the very end of it, or the result will have just happened, whatever. So do you ever have these experiences, Andrew, where like something in life just completely just rocks you? Like you're just so unprepared for it, like completely unprepared for it. I, my transition here was that I have this guy at work, right? He started during the pandemic. He's been there for, I don't know, seven, eight months or something. And we used to have to wear face masks at work. And this guy, like wearing a face mask, I thought that, you know, between that and talking to him the little bit I did, I would have sworn to you everything in my life that he was younger than me. I'm 29 years old, full disclosure. I would have sworn to you he's younger than me like maybe 23, 24, this guy, you know, after face masks were, you know, allowed to be taken off and everything, he takes off his face mask. This guy's like in his fifties, <laughs> like in his fifties <laughs> completely. I'm just so off. I'm like, this guy is not at all who I thought he was. It's crazy. It's <laughs> blowing my mind. And I had the same exact feeling then as I did this morning when I woke up and I saw that Saudi Arabia beats Argentina Two to one, Andrew. What the hell happened? I, well, as we said, we we did not get up for this one. When we were looking at the scheduling, what, a couple weeks ago, we were like, well, at least they're putting the game, you know, that might be a blowout on early, right? It'll be nice to just watch the highlight. But, like, not at all. The Saudi Arabians came to play, man. Um, the first thing I want to notice, or I want to know, and I want to point it out later in the Tunisia game, too, is, I think the travel for this, like for the more local teams, the more Middle Eastern teams there is going to be a big thing. That was something we talked about not really knowing the answer to. I think it's going to be huge, man. I, I'm listening back. I feel like I heard the Saudi American or the Saudi Arabian fans way more than you heard anybody from Argentina. And then you hear them kind of turn on Argentina, right? And root for the underdog and, you absolutely hear that in the Tunisia game later too. So I think there might be something to um, to the local teams here. Not not the, Qatar. The Saudi fans were showing out after this game. There are so many clips just going viral, and I think it's awesome. It's the kind of cool stuff you like to see from the World Cup, and that's kind of what I was getting into a minute ago is it seems a lot of the fans are making the best of it at least. But let's dive into the game, dude. Um, Lionel Messi scores a penalty in the first half, one nothing. Uh, I went back, I watched it back and Argentina put, I think three other balls in the back of the net in the first half. Yeah. Uh, all of them offside. One of them, uh, two of them were pretty obvious. One, I, I believe it was, was against Lautaro Martinez, 
was like really, really close. I, I never went on Twitter to like see like, you know, the VAR lines or anything, but it was very, very close. But they put three more balls in the back of the net. None of those counted. Come out in the second half uh, and like a five minute stretch, Saudi Arabia snags two goals and they're able to hold on, man. What were your um, thoughts when you looked back at this one? Yeah, they the the first thing I noticed was the I mean they get the they get the I always think of it as just like a tackling penalty, right? The penalty that Messi scores with, right? It's uh somebody wraps somebody up, follows through as a you know, fundamentally sound tackle. You'd love to see it on a Saturday or Sunday for your favorite football team, but um college or pro, but and then Messi just puts it in the back of the net, business as usual, and then you had to be thinking the route was on. And then one goal's offsides. And then another goal's offsides. And then the third one being offsides, too, like two of them, I would say, are super, super close. The third one was more just like an obvious, like, yeah, yeah, you they stepped up and you left. So you're offsides by far. But then coming out of halftime, they were shot out of an absolute rocket. Um, Al Shar with the goal for Saudi Arabia in the 47th minute. And then the Al Farage goal in the 43rd minute, which would end up being the winner, is a beautiful goal, right? When they start the highlight there, he's at like the top of the left box, just goes in on his right foot and puts it in the corner. It's beautiful. Yeah, that goal was, um, if you would have listened back to the old preview podcast, your boy here, he shouted out Salem Al-Dasari. He said, uh, watch out for this guy. He might have something in him and, you know, that's, we're only going to pull the good out of that. I didn't, you know, say Saudi Arabia was definitely finishing like, you know, terribly in this group and they had no chance. We're not going to, we're going to ignore all that, but I did shout out old Salem boy. So (laughs) at least one point for your boy, but they, yeah, like that, that goal was really great. That was like a great bit of skill. The first one was like a little like scrappier if I remember right. And it was like totally against the run of play. Like, Looking, granted, I we've disclosed like I did not watch the whole game. I watched the condensed game, but like the condensed game was Argentina for you know it's a ten minute video. It's Argentina for nine minutes of that, and the other two minutes is Saudi Arabia scoring two goals. Uh, right. Argentina was all over them. I think it's just maybe one of those like weird games. I don't know, like that just kind of happened. What do you think, man? Well, like. They- the, what I saw from the broadcast is it seems like the Al-Shar goal was literally their first shot on goal. And my running theory for a long time has been if in one team scores on their own, if one team's dominating the game, right, lots of shots, lots of, you know, putting the ball in the back, back of the net and everything else there, and then the other team takes their only chance and scores a goal, all of a sudden every bit of momentum is just gone. Poof. It's just like we can't give up one shot. One shot and they're going to score, right? We've been dominating this game for – 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and now everything's gone. And that perfectly, like, this is the game I would use as the example to that theory, right? Always save the first shot. Otherwise, you don't know what's going to happen. Everything's in play. Yeah, I think there's a lot to that. And um, to the Argentines' credit, I, I didn't seem like they were particularly, like, rattled. Like, they, they seemed like they still attacked. They still were pretty good the rest of the game. They just couldn't find that second goal. And it's... um. I don't know. Let's um, move ahead to like what this kind of means for Argentina. Um, and we'll transition after that into like the next game in this group, which kind of was a godsend for Argentina. Um, but before we get ahead, I, I think for Argentina's sake, 
This is a very bad result, obviously. Um, but as far as like progressing in this group, what do you think their prospects are for that? I mean, to be honest, like if if you would have told Argentina they were going to lose today, the rest of the day in their group is exactly what they would have wanted, right? They're not down on they're down one no they're down one on goal difference, right? That's a, they can make that up pretty easily with the attack that they have. And then neither Mexico nor Poland taking advantage here, right? Like this would have been huge to be co-top of the group with Saudi Arabia, which also just before we move on, because we absolutely will after this, but like Saudi Arabia, have a day, man. You guys are top of the group. You're going to bed the champions here, right? You're It's all to play for. You guys have a good shot to make it out of the group now, which would do well to get our uh, Mexico not making it out thing uh, work here, but. Um, yeah, kind of general thoughts on uh, Mexico, Poland, kind of a goalless draw. Um, Mexico was absolutely the aggressor. They look good. They push the pace outside of the one penalty that Lewandowski, um, <laughs> gets saved by Guillermo Ochoa, the Mexican legend. World the Cup World Ochoa, Cup, man. World Cup Ochoa, man. It's not Gold Cup Ochoa. That guy's the man in the mirror. We look at him. But <laughs> when it comes to... <laughs> I mean, yesterday, like, I don't know that he saves Gareth Bale's uh, penalty yesterday. That was a much better taken penalty than Lewandowski's. But maybe. Maybe at the World Cup, man. I don't know. Um, but, like, my, my, I think my main takeaway is Mexico not having the teeth to draw something out of this game here is is huge. And are we worried about Robert Lewandowski? So let's unpack that, like, one thing at a time. I'm going to start with Mexico. Mexico, I think, for as much as we shat on them the other day in our preview and we said this is a team like without an identity, we're very worried about this team, I think Mexico looked really good. I really was very, very yeah. impressed by Mexico. It's It was a more vintage like Mexican performance. They were... The energy for Mexico was amazing. They oh. were all over. They were flying the crowd around support the pitch. too. Oh yeah, my God. that that you would have thought Mexico was like 15 miles from Qatar, like just geographically. If you just based on crowd noise, listening to that game, you'd be like, "Oh, they're down the road." No, man, and that that is the one thing I I love about the Mexican team is their their support is they bring unreal. it. Their, it's a, their support's unreal. There's a reason why Azteca is the craziest place to play. But. They bring it, and they. They bought it today, and I, I think it really fired up the team. It seemed like this team was flying around. They, I thought, completely bossed this game, kind Absolutely. of. And like that said, they were very, dare I say, USMNT, in that they weren't getting clear-cut scoring chances very often, but they were controlling possession. They were like really dictating the pace of play. They were Absolutely. firing around the pitch, like bombing the ball around. Poland looked like they were on their heels the entire day. But maybe it's a CONCACAF thing, dude. They just they were sloppy in the final third. They really didn't ever, I feel like, I never felt like Shedesny was, I think he made like one or two like decent saves. I never felt like they were going to score a goal. I remember one that that was like a ball through and there was a little flicked header that Chesney had to make a solid oh, save on. That was a super nice save on the redirect. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good save, but like outside that they really struggled to like generate anything. And like you kind of said, there was the like American football tackle of a penalty they give away to Lewandowski that he draws and 
World Cup Ochoa bails them out. If, if they'd have lost this game 1-0, that would have been a terrible result for Mexico. They would have really been kicking themselves after the way the team played today. Yeah, I, I think just, I mean, not to just draw parallels between the USMNT and, uh, and Mexico, but let's be honest, that's what we do here. Um, Mexico's got to feel like they lost this tie, right? And Poland's got to feel like they won this tie by getting lucky. Right, they got to feel like we did, where we we bossed the game. We we're great in the counter press. They did such a good job. They always have those deep switches, right, to the opposite corner, right, where it's like, oh, we got um, not Jesus Corona. He's not here at the game, but Chucky Lozano's on the right wing. We're gonna bomb it all the way over to him and make a play here. Um, where it's like Poland is just set up as such a weird team. They have all this attacking power right and not just Lewandowski they have Zielinski they have Milik on the bench but they don't have and they've got like name players right like Glick's a name player Matty Cash is a name player they've got other ones I can't even think of right now but like they uh they just I don't know it's like a nothing burger from them they didn't look like good nothing. at all they they looked like that penalty aside they won the penalty and that was like a really we shat on Walker Zimmerman for like making, like giving away a bad penalty. Like I, it was from nothing. Like they just gave him a penalty. Like I said, Ochoa bails him out, but Poland failed to create really anything as well. I mean, they failed to even string a few passes together. Like the whole night, Mexico was all over them. Poland could never adjust. It was a lot like the um, U S first half versus Wales without you know, there was no Polish Kiefer Moore that went into the game and kind of changed it for uh, the Polish guys. Like they just, they were on the back foot the entire night, this close to nicking it, but they weren't able to. Like Lewandowski, if you want to segue into that, like, what's going on there, man? Like hey, this, this guy's like one of the best strikers in the world. I think we all kind of know that. And you know, where the goals of the World Cup, he didn't score in Russia four years ago, and. Misses the penalty today. Is this like a if I'm if I'm a Polish if I'm if I'm Polish Paul? Am I worried about this now? I, I think you were already worried about it. I mean, they didn't exactly fly into um, into the World Cup here, and like he's he was so good for Bayern, and he's been super good for Barcelona this year. He plays for the best teams in the world, and I just don't. I mean, it's a lot of pressure playing for your country, right? And he's the guy by leaps and bounds and miles and stuff like that. But we just saw it with the with the Welsh game, right? With the Wales game. Gareth Bales leaps and bounds the guy for them, right? And Lewandowski's playing better this year than maybe Bales ever played, right? Except for when he was the most expensive striker in the world. And this is not Lewandowski's best season, right? He's had other better seasons for Bayern. He's playing very well, but like, to not score a penalty, and maybe it's just like the power of World Cup Ochoa versus the like, which is just the all-time super strength versus the disappointment of World Cup Lewandowski, which is just maybe that. Like, if they took that penalty a hundred times with World Cup Lewandowski and World Cup Ochoa, Lewandowski might never score. If they took it with like club form Lewandowski and they took it with like club form Guillermo Ochoa, he might score literally every time. He might have a hundred goals. I don't know, but something with putting on that Polish shirt and maybe that pressure is just just not conducive to a good thing there. Okay, so I, I think I'm with you. It's just 
there's something weird going on there. It, it also at the same time feels me like it feels to me like the type of thing. Like if he gets one, they might start coming in loads. You know what I mean? Like it might be that one goal he just needs in the world cup and it really breaks the dam, but we'll see. It's, it's going to be interesting to see that this group before we move on to our next game, this group is so wide open now. I mean, you got Mexico and Poland both on one point, obviously Argentina who were, Far and away the clear favorites in this group are on zero points after match day one. And Saudi Arabia, who I think was everybody's like least favorite to have a chance of getting out of here, they're leading the group, like we said. Like, what do you think? Like, just prediction, maybe, I guess. Like, how is this group going to shake out, man? I, I think it breaks really well. I mean, it breaks really well for Argentina, which is a tough thing to say as they lose today, right? it could very well be that Argentina and Saudi Arabia both get out of this group, right? I mean, just with the way they played today, right? Like Mexico played really, really well. But if Saudi Arabia is going to play with that passion and everything else, it's going to be at the very least equal when they play, right? Like Mexico gets more fan support than everybody. They're not going to get more support than a Saudi Arabia team that's already leading the group. Right. If you were ever going to make, I think somebody I heard on the broadcast say it's like a two hour flight over. Right. If there was ever a time to get tickets, take a two hour flight. It's when your team's leading the group and you've got a chance to get out in <laughs> as close to a home game as you're ever going to get. And then Poland, just with the nothing burger and not showing a ton of life and not converting on really their only good chance of the game or their only really good chance of the game. It does it feel insane to say like, I think we came into this wondering if Saudi Arabia was going to score and we might leave this world cup wondering if Poland's going to score. The like, way they looked, the way they looked today, <laughs> like I think that's a legit question because like I, we've seen Mexico play enough. Like I think Mexico can be got at and Saudi Arabia, we <laughs> granted, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's fine margins here, man. If one of the, if, if Latura Martinez is, four inches back like that then that game might be put away in the first half but saudi arabia looks staunch like they look they looked like they weren't going to concede in the second half they were keeping things back you know so i don't know when when is poland going to score a goal i don't i don't know man um I, i i don't think is it crazy to say like i would bet against it right now i'm pretty sure you'd get pretty good odds if like for Lewandowski to not score in this world cup i don't know what they are how you would bet it but I might take them. That was such a, a lackluster performance today. And you bring up, you know, Argentina not putting Saudi Arabia away when they have a chance. Let's talk about France and Australia. Another game that all, we almost bookended the day with insane games here. But France did what Argentina couldn't, right? That championship pedigree we, we've talked about here. And they did put the Australians away. Spencer, what are we, what are we thinking from this game? Yeah, we got the early goal. I believe it was in like only the tenth minute that um, Australia just kind of a bit against the pace of play came down. Like beautiful little skill on the outside cross in, and they put it in, no mistakes, and went up one nil. And you know, me like that that really raised my antennas, and I was like, oh, we've already seen Argentina like lose today. Like, are we going to see another crazy upset? Um, and then the French kind of said uh no fuck that shit we're gonna figure this out they got a goal from rabio a goal from um 
Giroud right before halftime when it not right before halftime, but before the end of the first half. Um, Australia actually had a couple other chances to score. It was actually like going into halftime. There were still questions about this one. Like I still was like Australia, like they have something about them. They look okay. We asked in like our preview the other day, like, is there any magic left in this Australian team? Um, and then the French just came out in the second half and they said, uh, again, no, fuck that shit. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to bomb some balls. And it was crazy. Like, I feel like the French for as many skilled, like crazy, like you look at their attack and you're just like, this is, this should be poetry in motion. This should be amazing. <laughs> what was the most effective? They scored four goals today. Three of them were like balls into the box and just having tall guys get on the end of a header and put it into the back of the net, like just straight target man kind of football. Like you, Wales. You played. say tall guys, I say Olivia Giroud. I say the French forehead. <laughs> Golly, what how about, a how about Giroud, by the way, he ties Thierry Henry for the most goals ever uh, in a France uniform, which is like super undercover. <laughs> like, oh my God, Olivier Giroud and Thierry Henry, like one of, like, not no disrespect to Olivier Giroud, but like one of these things is just kind of not like the other type of thing. But well, it's, it's like Thierry, Thierry Henry is like everything, especially French people, right? Want soccer to be about the beauty of the game, speed, skill. Oh, all the flips and tricks and everything else. And Olivia Drew can give you the flips and tricks, right? Like, I loved watching him play at Chelsea because you just pass the ball to him and he flicks it back to you, and all of a sudden you're you're in on goal and you didn't have to do anything. You just pass, you know, it's like a simple one-two. Yeah, he just gives you a little flick of the ball, and all of a sudden it's right in your path. It's incredible. I, I miss him terribly. Um, and to watch him just like, yep, get up in the air be this efficient goal scorer, right? Where he doesn't get the ball all the time and just be like, you think of French football, especially right now as Kylian Mbappe flying down the wing. And that absolutely happened. And you think of it as like Benzema, the Real Madrid mystique, right? Yeah. But also sometimes you just need a tall guy. Sometimes you just need the French forehead to show up and make it happen in big games. And, and he did Um, not to give, not to brush past the, the Australian league, but um, the Duke was the guy's name. They scored earlier um, on a really, really nice ball in from the right wing, but then they had just kind of a care. France had kind of just a careless turnover in like the 21st minute, I think it was. And this dude, Duke, turns on the ball and just gives Larice the scare of his life, I'm sure. I mean, he's seen a few of those playing at Tottenham, but almost just puts it top bins from like 10 feet outside the ball. It was almost goal of the tournament, like (laughs) right away. Like it was, it was a hell of a strike and it only like, especially you watch the slow-mo from like the reverse angle. It basically skimmed the outside of the right post, like top bins. And it was like, they, that goes in and it's two nothing. Like who knows? This might be a completely different game then. Like that's, that totally changes the complexion of things, but France got that next goal, tied it up. The second goal for France was like, it's just Australia gets, it was a lack of quality. They get caught in possession. You know, the press yep. from France beats them. It's pretty easy. Cross just right into the box. Giroud sitting there in the box. It was the only goal that didn't come off somebody's head in the entire game. <laughs> Besides yeah. the, the only goal for France, I should say, that didn't come off somebody's head the entire game. But it, yeah, France got that next goal. And then from there, like I said, Australia gave him a scare. Like right before halftime, Australia had a really good scoring chance also that hit the outside of the post. Um, 
but the French came out in the second half and they just kind of put them away. Um, overall, I think from this one, my quick synopsis of, of it was like, you know, France looks good. Australia, they're scrappier than I thought, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, they, just, they don't have the talent to keep up with the France. Did you have anything else on this one? Yeah, man. Um, just a dumb joke about like, cause I, I had this group for the preview and I was like, I don't even know what to say about Australia. They're, they're an older team. They barely squeak through in qualifying. And then they have Leckie on the right. And then Goodwin is the guy who scored it. And I was just going to make a bad joke about sometimes it's better to be lucky than Goodwin. Um, but then the French came through and destroyed that. I had it all ready to go on. Twitter. And uh, look, Hey man, that's a good it's a, Hey, I, I hated it. It's Olivier, but like, it's Olivier it's, Giroux quality. That's a missed also, opportunity on the Twitter machine. I'll give you that. Yeah, man, the work is uh, the work is brutal. If if we could just dedicate our time to stupid soccer jokes, I guarantee there's nobody better. If you need somebody to do that, talk to your boys. We're we're willing to take a uh, to take a crack at it. But that's uh, why we're so, a great follow on Twitter at Fish Fries Pod. In case you don't, so Fries check it out. Pod. Come and follow us. Talk to us. We're we're happy to be there. Great plug, bud. Um, but they uh, you're talking about goal that would have been goal of the tournament. I don't know if you saw Olivier Giroud's bicycle attempt there from a corner, but Bro. Olivier Giroud loves himself a showy goal. He tried to score the straight up like cheese FIFA 23 goal, like off corners where you can always like line up the bicycle <laughs> kick. Like he, he was like, Oh yeah, bet. Like I've been, I, he's, you know, I, I'm sure in like the French camp, they've got a fucking PS five. They're playing a little bit of FIFA and, Giroud's probably like somebody bombed it over to him. Maybe like, I don't know. Who do you think plays FIFA on that squad? Mbappe for sure, but I don't think he's like a playmaker. He's like the type of guy you play FIFA. He's like trying the skill moves to get around everybody. I think maybe like a Teo Hernandez, like more, a little less selfish. Like he like puts one in on the corner and he's like, oh yeah, I'll just line up Olivier for this fucking sick-ass bicycle kick. And Olivier was like, yeah, bet I can do that in real life. Easy. Um, it oh, almost yeah. came off, dude. That would have been goal of the tournament too. Like we almost had... We had two almost goal of the tournaments today, but we still wait. Do you have an early pick right now for goal of the tournament? Um, so far. Something just, something just to keep track of, right? I might give it to that Saudi Arabian game-winning goal, right? It's got to be tops right now, right? Of it. I mean, I, don't, I can't think of anything especially – gross or anything like that i mean there's been some good goals there's been a lot of nice goals but the usa goals very aesthetically pleasing but to go across you know that i I could talk forever about that i'm um i think i'm with you like i was that was the first that yeah that was the first one that popped into my head um and i was like sitting there i'm like going through it i'm like is there anything else in the old categories that are like popping out to me i don't think so i think that's that's our early pick but um if that's not bested then we're gonna have a shitty tournament so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna believe that we're gonna see something better than that but we it's it's i'm gonna be optimistic it's a very oh it's really good i'm not my boy salem sorry i shouted you out in like you know the preview pod i you know i'm with you i love the goal but i i just i think this tournament's got something better in store for us way too early it's day, day three. three. I, you love to have an early contender. Set that bar high. That's a high bar. If that's goal of the tournament, we did okay, mm. right? I like uh, I like somebody. It's an okay bar. Here. 
I see your goal and I read you an outrageous chip from 50 feet from 50 yards. Like, thank God it wasn't Gareth Bills. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I almost, a, you were talking about almost, you, we, we almost had it with a uh, bail yesterday, it. but we yeah, that, team warrior, good on you, man. Oof, I think it's a night. solid bar. It's an okay bar. Like to set for now on, on day three of the tournament. Okay. Bar. Um, Let's move it along, though, here. We're going to go from day three back to day two real quick, Andrew. We had a pretty good game that wasn't the U.S. yesterday, and that was the Netherlands taking on Senegal, Andrew. Um, No Mane for Senegal, and I thought they looked pretty good. I thought they were kind of unlucky to only, you know, to to lose that game. Um, What were your thoughts on that one? Anything really stuck out to you? I I think... um... I was just very impressed. You're right with the way that Senegal played. They were very progressive. You hate to have that thought of like, oh, if Mane was healthy, right? Just because it's it's so brutal to the guys that are there, right? Like Ismail Yassar had a really good game. Adrisa Ganagay had a really good game there. Um, But kind of the Netherlands leave it late. It takes a late cross from, oh, I think it's uh, not DeLitt, the other one. De Jong. De Jong, thank you. Sorry. Um, Chelsea, almost Chelsea midfielder, Frankie yeah, De Jong. I know. I'm disappointed I had to, I had to, in you for missing block, that. I had to block my name from his memory because it hurts too much. Um, finding Cody Gakpo with a really nice header. That might actually low-key be up there for like goal to tournament. It's just aesthetically pleasing, a nice cross like that. It was a great ball by De Jong. It oh. was, uh, I, I think I tweeted from the account. It was, I, I believe I said sensual was the adjective I chose. But yeah, you very nice ball. Did. He absolutely did pick sensual and you will hear no complaints here about your choice of adjective. Um, But no, they, the Dutch played well. I know we kind of just gave a lot of praise to how Senegal played, but like the Dutch played well enough to kind of get through and get a win here. I think they're, I think they were the more deserving team. I don't think Senegal can really feel hard done by because they had opportunities. They didn't, they didn't take them as well. I thought that honestly, it, it was a game that I did get to see almost all of this one. It felt like a draw to me. Um, a draw felt like the fairest result, but like you're you're on the margins if you're Senegal. Like they just seem to kind of. It's been a theme of this tournament, man. I just feel like they just that cutting edge. Like I, there's been several teams, the U.S. included, where it just seems like that cutting edge just kind of isn't there. I don't. I think it's kind of somewhat normal in international football, but it feels almost more prevalent than years past to me. I don't know if you agree with that, that just these teams look like maybe there's just something that's not necessarily clicking in the final third for them. Maybe it's, and maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's these teams defensively are clicking very well in the final, their final defensive third. Um, But yeah, I I really like, like Senegal. Like I, my, my immediate thought from watching this game was that, Senegal is going to be okay without Saudi Omane in this group potentially. Like, what did what did you think about it overall? I, I going back to like your thing about like is defense ahead. It almost reminds me of like you know how like in spring training or like early in like a baseball season they'll say like yeah pitchers and catchers are really ahead of hitters right now or vice versa. Right? You'll see either a lot of one nil you know one nothing games or like ten to five games. Right? Just based on how either the pitchers are pitching better right now or the hitters are hitting better. It feels like midfield and defense is like way ahead of attack right now. Right. I think teams feel more organized maybe because they're in the middle of their club season. Right. 
they're not coming in from a month off. They're coming in from five days, you know, three, four, five days of like intense tactical structure in a whole different system, right? But they're not coming in from like the beach, right? They're not coming in from like vacation. So I think it's just harder to score in general. Um, kind of the other thing I want to make sure I mentioned about the Netherlands is Memphis Depay did not start this game, but both goals were scored after he came on. I think if he can kind of get his legs under him there, I think maybe we look for more offense from the Netherlands here in this group. Senegal's got kind of a tough draw here. I think Ecuador played well in Qatar. If they're going to get that home crowd boost, they look pitiful. Um but I think I, I, I like, like such an idiot regarding Qatar, dude. <laughs> they looked so bad. They looked, it looked like you were watching like an early like FA Cup game where like Chelsea welcomes, I don't know, Colchester City or something to Stamford Bridge. And you're just like, yeah, these teams don't. These, Athletic Town FC. These teams are not playing the same sport. They looked so bad. Like, I and I don't want to say Ecuador didn't Qatar, do some things Qatar needed right. to give the controller back to their older brother. Yeah, that's like, how I felt. I was like, oh man, I dude, they were Oof. so bad. Like I was watching that game Sunday morning, and I'm just like, <laughs> full of optimism. Like, all right, Spencer dishing out hot takes on the fucking podcast. Like Qatar getting through the group, and I was just like, oh, fuck, I'm gonna eat this one, aren't I? But. Um, nonetheless, I just want to really quickly circle back before we get to the other games kind of in this, that, uh, the Netherlands, yeah, Depay, I think Depay is like re- going to be really important to them, dude. Like he didn't start uh, to me. Some people were like really weirded out. He didn't start. If he's not starting to me, it says 1000%. He's not fit enough to start. I don't think Louis van Gaal is just leaving him out. <laughs> like he's one of the, he's yeah, probably it's... their best, most prolific goal scorer. He... You know, he didn't have really much to do with the first goal. I can't remember the second goal that well. I know it was just like kind of Senegal selling out to try to tie. I don't know if he had a ton to do with that. It was kind of a Mendy makes a save and should have pushed it anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is is how it felt to me, whether that's actually what happened or not. But as a Chelsea fan, I was like, I know exactly what that is. I know how that feels. Yeah, overall, I think for the Dutch, like they did early on, like uh, Senegal, I think when we – went through our rundown last week in our preview, like defense is somewhere you can kind of get at them and the Netherlands struggled to get at them. So they're going to need Memphis Depay to get back to fitness. I think to really make a good run in this tournament, but that's kind of the last thing I have on that game. Yeah. And then again, just as we're moving on here, a goal from Cody Gakpo, who's been a subject of a lot of transfer talk and as a young up and coming player out of the Dutch league, um, I believe he's still at PSV, right? But he's been talk of a lot of like Man United rumors and Arsenal rumors and that kind of stuff. He might be, because the the issue with the Dutch attack for a long time is it's been Memphis Depay and who, right? They have good defenders. They have a good midfield, but is Memphis Depay going to be able to carry the scoring load? If Gakpo can turn it on and kind of capitalize on this momentum, I actually really like the Dutch team, which of course is uh, who Megan bet on to win the whole thing. So we all should have just put our money behind that as she's one uh, good friend of ours who doesn't know anything about college basketball or soccer, just for a little background here, has won, is it twice the uh, NCAA basketball player, the uh, the bracket pool, right? Yeah. Um, she just put some a, type she of put, magic touch. Yeah, she, she put money in on the Netherlands with literally no 
knowledge and the only person with less knowledge about it is our guy brandon her husband so i know she didn't get any inside tip but we should just back them immediately it's irresponsible of us to not have told you as soon as i like saw brandon we have like a group <laughs> chat with some friends of ours and as soon as i saw like day one of the world cup he was like yeah brandon texts he's like megan said she wants to put 10 bucks on the netherlands i said fuck i have him going out like <laughs> i think the quarterfinals like i'm an idiot i'm gonna eat that one but nonetheless we can move on from that one um the other games, there's a couple we're not going to dive into as deep. Um, we kind of got into the Qatar one. I'm an idiot. Ecuador looked good. Qatar Ecuador looks terrible. Ecuador looked good. Ecuador Andrew's looked good. Andrew's smarter than I am. It is what it is, oh. but I don't know. Do you have anything else on that game besides, you know, gloating yeah. and just telling me I'm a fucking moron? No, I, I'll leave most of that to off pod. Um, yeah, I, I think Ecuador looked good. If they didn't look good, it would be alarming. Um, but they looked at the le- like. If like if Poland played uh, Qatar, they would not have looked good with the way that they played today. Ecuador Ecuador put in a good performance. Uh, cash those bets right now for any enter Valencia winning uh, the golden ball here. But um, I, I I think they look good. Um, any other thoughts on let's let's make sure we touch on the other game today. Um, did you have anything about Denmark and Tunisia? The goalkeepers look good. Tunisia looked. Dare I say a little bit attacking? Like we just sat here on our preview the other day and we were like, (laughs) Tunisia is just not going to try. They're just going to low block like 11 behind the ball. But like they, this is another one. I, um, I didn't get to see the whole game. I, I went back and watched the condensed game again. Um, I saw some of it live. Um, they look like they, dare I say, bossed the first half. (laughs) Dude, as as someone who did watch most of this game here, Tunisia bossed Denmark. And we had high praise to say for Denmark coming into this tournament. Doesn't mean they can't rebound and kind of figure it out here. But, like, Tunisia was the definition of, like, a team that's not as talented but has is playing a home game. He's got the whole stadium behind him. And they oh, – I forget his name. I'm, I'm going to forget his name. But he – he basically came across and like as a defender cleared the ball into like the 50th row. Cause he was so jazzed up. Like he didn't have to, he could have just put it out or even look for a pass, but Nope. He came through and it looked like gym class when someone plays kickball. Right. And they just really connect to a ball, but they don't really know how to kick. And he smoked it into like what must've been the 50th row. If that, maybe that ball is still going forever. But from that point, I was like, the ball's in Saudi oh. Arabia by now. It might be back to Tunisia. It could be back to Tunisia. Um, we'll have to check what direction he kicked it. But like from that moment, I was like, oh, Tunisia thinks they're going to win this game. And they played with that attitude the whole time. Like talking about who won a draw and who lost a draw. Denmark lost this draw. Ericsson did not look. He, he played fine. Um, they did sustain an injury to... Um, not Hoyby or not Erickson, but their other midfielder had to come off pretty early there. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. My apologies, but it was it was it was kind of eye opening because we had a lot of praise for Denmark. That said, um, both teams had a goal like overruled for offside, which they were the right calls in each scenario. The game finished nil nil. I don't know if we noticed like mentioned that, but yes, sorry. yep. Um, that said, like Denmark might have had the better chances to score in this game still like they had one like in the second half it was off a corner and uh, i'm blanking on what 
Dane it was specifically, but like he goes for Thomas, a header, Thomas, hits the post. Thomas Delaney. Sorry. Thomas, Thomas Delaney, Delaney okay. is the one who got hurt. Uh, oh, Thomas Delaney gets hurt. Sorry. So not the guy who got the goal. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Now you're just totally throwing off my mojo, Andrew. What the hell? But whatever Dane it was, he like goes for a header when it's like on the post. If he kicks it, it probably goes in the net. I like I watching it back. I'm just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? It was kind of the thing of like Walker Zimmerman. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy trying to do? Like, what was his plan there? He like tries to head it. It's like at maybe waist height. If he pokes a foot at it, it's probably 1000% in the back of the net. But he doesn't. Weird decision. Doesn't. Um, doesn't go in the net. Finishes nil-nil. Both goalkeepers were really, really good. There was a couple yes. good saves on both sides. Um, yeah, nil-nil. And I don't know. I don't got a ton more about that one. Do you? No, my, my main takeaway was just how electric the crowd was. Like, I know we said earlier, like, oh, yeah, we're happy to not be there. Look at all the horrible stuff. And I agree with all of that. But to be in that crowd for 90 minutes would have been insane. Yeah, it looked like a good time. So let's throw it over to a the last of the games. Sober time. Yeah. Yeah. Sober time. Has all their wits about them. Just yeah. Having fun. Just super present, super, you know, <laughs> happy to be there. Anyway, let's We're throw it over through. to let's throw it over to the last one that we haven't really dove into. England, Iran. I don't have a ton on this. Iran was terrible. England was good. England, um, I ran away with this one. Oh fuck, man. <laughs> Listen, 6-2, uh, it felt, the score was 6-2, and a soccer game almost never ends up 6-2, and it feels like it should be more. Six, eight goals is a lot of goals. It felt like 13 goals. To be fair, like, Iran, because I think we texted you and I personally about this a little bit, like, Iran held them off for like half an hour half and an hour. it yeah. was it was shaky. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to say it wasn't shaky. It wasn't like they were totally, you know, nerfing the English attack. They hit a post. They might have hit two posts before that, but they held firm for a while. And it was just, as soon as that first goal went in, I don't know. Iran was just like, just totally done. They, they, they had no, nothing the rest of the game. It seemed like, and it's a team that we said is going to come into this. They're going to be defensive and their, their bread and butter is going to be, winning like one nils or two ones or something. And um, they play anything like that against both of Wales and the United States. And they're going to get torn apart again and have like, a, they're going to be looking like Panama or something from 2018 with like a negative 15 goal differential and no wins, no points, but England, um, we're going to talk more about them in a second. So I don't want to go too into it, but they looked good, man. Um, a little scary with the U.S. playing them on a Friday, lot but scary, a lot scary. But uh, I don't. Do you have anything else on that, or you just want to move on to talking about this game coming up? Um, no, because we'll we'll talk about the U.S. I mean, just to say about the Iran, um, them getting two goals isn't inconsequential just because they're on the board. Yeah, so I think that's the one positive you take away out of this game as a U.S. fan is that. As terrible as Iran was, because they weren't, I, I promise you, they weren't stringing together anything. And it was like, they still managed to get two goals against England, who started Harry Maguire still. Gareth Southgate's going to die on that fucking hill, it looks like. Maguire, hit the, Maguire was one of the guys hitting the post early. Too. Yeah, it's old slab head. And he, he put one right off that slab right into the fucking iron. But 
I that's the one thing I walked away from in this game, and I was like, okay, as an American fan, as dominant as England was, they gave up two goals. Like, let's just let's just segue this straight into the transition. I I think the one thing, the one saving grace as a U.S. fan is like this team, like this English team. Maybe they're a little vulnerable at the back. It's something we've kind of hinted at before. Maybe there's goals to be had. If we're a little better in the final third than we were against Wales, like, I don't know, do you think there's maybe some goals in it for the U.S. potentially? Because I think they're going to need them because England looks like they're going to score. Well, that that's what I was worried about. Like, if we really open it up and try to play, because that was my takeaway from the Iran game is they were solid for 30 minutes. Then Iran tried to open it up and play a little bit, and England was like, no, here's six goals. Like, we're really good at this. I worry that the U.S. might need to play a more compact tournament-style game here, right? Um, not aim for the draw, aim for the win. They have talent to do it, right? But if there's more than three goals scored in this game, the USA did not win, right? Anything more than, like, two to one, right, which I think – could happen, right? It's not impossible that the U.S. wins this game with England two to one. Um, but if if there are more over three goals scored, I'm worried that England got the vast majority of them. Yeah, I would agree with that. You don't want to turn this game into a shootout. We're going to need to probably have some heroic defending, maybe a heroic a la Tim Howard, uh, Matt Turner performance. Like... Tim Howard a la Belgium 2014 type of thing. I would definitely yeah. take that. But um, I, I mean, we, we all would. But <laughs> I, I think we'd all love that. He's, he's definitely going to get a lot more work in this game than he did in the Wales. Certainly, yeah. And I, he's going to have to be on his toes. And yeah, I, I think I'm 100% in step with you on that, that if this turns into like a shootout, like I don't fancy the U.S.'s chances of coming out of it like this on top or even with a point, honestly. Um, if they are able to, I, I don't know, maybe even two twos within reach. So I should say maybe not four, but maybe. like if we're getting yeah. into like the five, if we're getting into like the five, six goals in this game type of thing, yeah, then I'm not going to like the U.S.'s chances. Um, we're going to need guys, like we're, we're going to need to be better in the final third. That's my big thing I'm coming into it is that this English team, I think that their vulnerability because they are so good on attack. They're so good in the midfield. Their midfield Jude, was insane. Dude, oh Jude gosh. Bellingham, Declan Rice, like in the midfield, like, come on, man. That's No, it's, no, it's, one, no wonder Eunice Musa was like, I think I'm going to be American. For those of you who don't know, Eunice <laughs> Musa um, is one of these guys that, like, could have played for Italy, U.S., which he obviously does, right, England. And I think there's two other countries as well. He, he's one of these true just like, oh, yeah, through your grandparents are from here. You can play for five other countries, right? He captained the World Cup, the under U twenty World Cup team that England had that went on a big run, um, and he switched allegiance to the U.S., which is a great thing. We talked about how much Thank God. how good of a player he is, and really that MMA midfield is going to have to be our saving grace here in this game. But um, <laughs> with with Jude. Uh, being such a force there, it's like, oh, maybe that's why you switched. He saw the writing on the wall and it's like, oh, if I'm not going to be playing with Jude, I might be playing behind Jude and not making this at all. Yeah, that midfield's nasty to look at. Um, Declan so, Rice, too, played well. Yeah, Declan Rice is really good. Just future that, 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 that team's just, that team's, 
that team's no no propaganda here. That team is just really good up front. They're really good in the midfield. If the U.S. is going to get them, this is not going to be like the Wales game in the first half where we're going to have a ton of possession or anything, I don't think. It's going to be, let's get at this team. Their back line is vulnerable, I think. Like Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire, you know, we, if Trent or Kyrian Trippier plays, like, you know, both very good attacking right backs, but a little more suspect defensively, like we're going to have to get at them in those areas, like that area of the pitch. And we're going to have to take our chances. I think we will get chances in this game. We need to convert on them because I, I very much struggle to believe that we're going to keep a clean sheet against England. I think we're going to have to at least score one, quite possibly two. And just, you know, a little foreshadowing. We talked about a lot on the pod yesterday. I think, you know, if you can get a draw on this game and you go into the Iran game, just needing to beat a team that looks objectively terrible, you got to like your chances of getting through this group. So I don't know, man. Um, any other real thoughts on this one before we move on? Yeah. Um, just, and, and stuff we don't know as we kind of preview this game um, before the holiday break here and everything, which we'll kind of get into what we've got going on there. Um but we need to know if Sergio Dest is healthy. We super need to know whether Weston McKinney's healthy or not. But I think the uh, I think that's kind of the main thing. So, yeah, on that. Sorry, I've kind of totally breezed over that. I did see. We don't know. I didn't see anything about Sergio. I did see like take what take with it what you will. Uh, Weston was like riding a fitness bike today and like a little mm-hmm. training video. So with like guys that were pretty sure was fit. Christian was riding a bike too, which he got kicked. Like I said, I 789 times. So look for yeah. Kyle Walker's imprint of his boot into uh Christian Pulisic's shame. <laughs> so yeah, like those guys are on fitness bikes, you know, hopefully that's good. I saw Gio Reyna competed in like a scrimmage game today. So hopefully he's up for selection. Apparently we, we like, Maybe, I don't know if you and I both missed this. We didn't talk about it yesterday, but like there was questions about like his hamstring being tight yesterday. Maybe that's why Greg didn't use him, but nonetheless, yeah. that's we, there's questions, but maybe hopefully good things. Harry Kane for the English hurt his ankle last game. And like, he's a question for them. And um, I think Callum Wilson's quite good, good. but he's not, he's, he's not Harry Kane. So no. if Harry Kane wasn't out there, that would help a lot. Yeah, no, and, and that would be that would be fantastic. I would love a little bit of, of injury luck. And to be honest, from an England perspective, it's like, do we really want to – we have three points. We're leading the group. We have a plus four goal differential. Do we want to risk the rest of the tournament playing Harry Kane against the U.S.? Right? Like, I, that's a legitimate argument I think you can make. Whether he plays or not, it's the World Cup. If there was ever a time for people to push through injury, it's right now. Um, but like, I think that's a logical argument of Southgate weren't to play him or weren't even named to the squad. You could say, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, they're in a great spot, right? We have a long tournament ahead of us from the English perspective. Um, touching on kind of the USA, the only other thing is like, if McKinney can't go or isn't a hundred percent, cause I think you can make the argument he played this whole game and was not a hundred percent. Right. Um, if they go to like kind of a more of a four, two, three, one, Right. We were talking about how it's like we didn't really have a spot for Reyna in the starting lineup with how well everybody played. If you go to a four, two, three, one, you know where there's a spot for uh, your boy there right in the middle, which 
Um, I know we would all we would all love to see. I wouldn't mind it, man. But I just I think Greg is very much a, a let's not upset the apple cart type of guy. <laughs> like I don't I, I don't. I don't, and I don't know. I honestly like struggle with, is this the time to experiment? I, I don't know. It's a big argument, but overall, I think the U.S., I don't think it's out of the question. The U.S. can get something out of this game. Like, I don't think that's being way too optimistic. I think this English team has some vulnerabilities. If we can be what we were for most of the game last game, where we were very good defensively, we were frustrating whales. Like, England's going to take a couple chances, I think. But if we can be a little, a little, little tighter in the final third, get a couple chances, convert. I think we got a chance to do something in this game, man. Um, that's how I'm going to round that one off. You got anything you want to finish it with? Um, no, I, I think uh, just on the on the last thing I was saying there, if McKinney doesn't play, there's a very obvious like Aronson was already the sub for him, right? And you can go and kind of play the same way with someone who brings you a little bit different stuff, but like that midfield for England is very big, right? McKenney's physicality would be an asset to a team that playing Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham, who are both big guys in that midfield. But um, yeah, we, we got to catch them out a couple of times. We got to catch them on the counter here. We got to make, have Christian Pulisic make plays. We got to have Gio Reyna hopefully play and make plays. And I mean, we, they had a great showing, in their first game, we had a very good showing, right? A draw that feels like a loss, but we had a very good showing, right? If we play in that first half, the whole game against England, two ones, not off the table, two zeros, not off the table for the U S right. Like I, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be cautiously uh, optimistic here. We'll see the lineup and I'll definitely be nervous once the game kicks off. Cause that's exactly how this works. As the game starts, I immediately get very worried and nervous about the whole thing. 100%. The pessimism kicks in after kickoff, but I, I think the U.S. could nick something here, but it's about all I got on that one. There's some other good games coming up. I threw a bunch in the rundown here. Is there anyone like specifically you want to like, you know, go a couple of minutes on here, Andrew? Yeah. Um, I, I think for teams like uh, Germany kicks off Wednesday against Japan, uh, Brazil, and I know you think Ser- the world of Serbia, but not everyone does. And then just Portugal. meat. Well, like just just to put all those three as like obvious favorites in the group, or people expect or teams expected to go far, take the lesson from France today. Do not take the lesson from Argentina today, right? Take your chances and put these guys away early. Everyone is in good form at this World Cup except Qatar. I think that Brazil Serbia game might be really good, dude. I think there's going to be a lot of goals in that game. Maybe I'm maybe it's my Serbian. you know, Serbian just total bias. Glasses. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like, but I think there'll be goals in that not, game. I think it'll be fun to watch. That's one do. I, I don't know what time that one is. That's, Oh, it's on Thursday. Thank God. American Thanksgiving. I can tell myself I need to wake up for it. If it's at 4am at least, but <laughs> I, that's what I'm going to be watching for sure. Andrew. Oh yeah. Um, and then the other, other thing I wanted to make sure I, I mentioned here brought to my attention by, um, by my brother, Brayden, Uruguay as a team I absolutely love they get started Thursday against South Korea if there's ever a time to tune in for the national anthem the Uruguayan national anthem is an experience it's beautiful uh he played it for us the other day YouTube it right pull it up it's it's an adventure I think we should adopt it I would like to play the year I'd like to play Uruguay and adopt their national anthem if we win but um yeah just just one more thing I wanted to make sure I threw out there 
Um, but a lot of big games. The biggest one, obviously, for us is going to be on Friday there. But, um, yeah, Germany, Germany, Japan. And then Canada has a chance to really – they're playing Belgium in their first game. They could kind of really show their medal tomorrow. Right, if they want to make an impression on this World Cup, we've kind of talked about them as being a team that was really good in qualifying, right? If they want to keep that rolling and have Alfonso Davies really show his worth, that's a statement game for them. Yeah, man. So Belgium, Canada, I think it's going to be very interesting. I'm in step with you on that one. Um, Belgium obviously like lost their last friendly leading up to this against Egypt, and I don't know how strong of a side they played off the top of my head, but. It's not a great look for them. Uh, we've talked before about how this Canadian team is kind of slept on, very dangerous compared to like what a lot of people were talking about. We got to see it firsthand in CONCACAF qualifying, and if they want to reset, represent for the uh, you know North American and the Caribbean and the Central Americans over here, that would be awesome. It would just be a huge statement, against, especially against like a world power like Belgium, right? FIFA ranked number one. Um, we've talked a little bit about how they're Formerly. achieving. Well, yeah, but I mean, we've talked about how they uh, have been a little bit of an underachieving side, but no better way than to make your presence known by uh, kind of stating it earlier. So Canada, go at it, buddy. Let's see it. I, I'd, I'd actually like low key. I'd, I'd love to see it. I like have this. I hate that it's coming at our expense at times, but like low key, like I'm, I'm a little behind the scenes, like rooting for the Canadians. If they're not playing us, at least I'm like, you know, go Canada, go like, you know, it it is, it's cool to see the region. Like we're not as, and it might, this might organically come over time. If they're still good, like we might have this big rivalry with them. I don't consider them like Mexico at this point though. No, where I'll never root for Mexico, but uh, we'll see. I'm I'm, I'm rooting for him a little bit. Um, Yeah. It it would, it would be good for American soccer for, for CONCACAF to have another worthwhile adversary. You know what else would be good for American soccer? If um, Jonathan David or Kyle Aaron just found like an American grandparent or something, that would be oh, great. Well, Jonathan David, <laughs> but, please. Kyle Aaron, you're good, buddy, but I'll take Jonathan David every day. I'll take Kyle Aaron over Josh Sargent or Jesus Ferreira. Just That saying. was not the question, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kyle, you got any American grandparents? I'm not going to discriminate here. Well, but- to, if you want to be part of the American team, you can't spell your name C-Y-L-E. That's not Kyle. That's half yeah. of Cycle. You're, we, just, you're so close, bud. We might have Cycle to clean that Aaron, up. You but, want to come over here? Get on your bike. Hop on down, hey, man. We might have to, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll iron that out at the embassies, but nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> other games, I already gassed up Brazil-Serbia. That's my, like, sleeper game. What? <laughs> Literally might be my sleeper game, depending on what time I have to wake up for it on Thursday on Thanksgiving. I, I got Day. you for I got you for a one p.m. Uh, kickoff there, so they gave the oh. late, the late squad to Brazil. But got to great. Worry. You have to worry about that turkey hangover, right? You know, well, like, I'm, I'm more worried about the fact that it means I have to like you know not watch the Lions get killed by whoever the fuck they're playing on Thanksgiving at <laughs> noon this year. But I think I can get by that. Like I'll, I'll probably be watching this game over that. I'll have family over, and they might be like, "Why the fuck you got this on? Not American football." And I'm going to tell them, you know, they're just going to have to figure it out. But <laughs> that game's exciting to me. Portugal Ghana's on Thursday Thanksgiving Day as well. Um, just on Portugal, I, this isn't the most tasty of, I guess, the upcoming games. So I'm just, I'm really interested to see this Portu- Portuguese team. Like Cristiano Ronaldo is getting kicked out of Manchester United today. Uh, the 
Glazers are selling the team, which is not nothing to do with Portugal. We can get into that later, but just this general drama with the Portuguese team, man. Like, I don't know. Like, do you think we're getting a good Portugal? Like on paper, they should be right there to win this tournament. And I think we're both a little pessimistic on them. Like, I just want to see how it looks. How about yeah, you? Def- definitely pessimistic on on the Portuguese here, especially more than the, anything else. But want to absolutely take a minute to be like, Todd Bowley, hey, I know you're in Qatar for the World Cup. I know you were at the England game. Be- just because Manchester United does not currently pl- employ Ronaldo, that is not an invitation, buddy. Okay? Todd Bowley. Absolutely not. Don't even think about it. Don't don't look at him. Don't call him. Delete Jorge Mendez out of your phone. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. But no, to the game. To the game itself. Um, kind of an interesting draw. I know you're a little bit higher on Ghana than I was, but like not a pushover. Not who you want to see in this first game. There's not a lot of easy teams in uh in Group H, but um. But yeah, I, I think uh, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see whether Portugal's game plan is to go out and cater to Ronaldo and have him make a statement as they've kind of done in the past, or to show that they are more than just a one man team. Yeah, I um, I'm just interested to see how that whole dynamic because like we talked before in our preview about how it was like it just seemed weird and icy and cold with Portugal and Ronaldo. So I, I don't know. I just want to see if that team looks like they have any semblance of chemistry when they step on the pitch on Thursday. Um, other games of note, Netherlands, Ecuador, like top of the group battle in group a on Friday, when we get into the second yes, match sir. days for all these teams, the see Ecuador. if your dark horse Boy, can really, really make a statement. That's stupid. I meant to get, I meant to get in this earlier. I'm glad you mentioned their names because we said in like the previews when I was like unable to pronounce <laughs> Estupinian. Like I've um I've had this issue with like trying to get my Fox app to work. So I've been watching these games on Peacock in Spanish a lot of the time <laughs> when I'm not home. <laughs> and I just just a like general thought. I'm very confused a lot of the time because like it's the type of thing where I'm watching them during the day and I'm busy and it's like I have a headphone in. I'm listening for like main events and dude. Just Spanish broadcasts are so dumb, specifically like Latin Spanish broadcasts where they're just, they're so gassed up for everything. And I'm like, I'm like, oh no, what am I missing? What am I missing? I like grab my phone and I look and it's like a like shot from 70 yards out. that's like 30 feet over the bar. And I'm like, okay guys, it's, like, a, it's a square out. ball from a left center back to a right center back. And they're just like, oh, it's like, oh <laughs> my gosh. Like dude, the Mexico day today, like obviously that's for Peacock. Like that's their bread and that's butter and their Spanish yeah. broadcast is going to be Mexico, obviously in this region. And they're just like, <laughs> this guy's just Chucky, 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 no, Chucky. It's not like, even Chucky, it's Chucky. And he's like, I'm like, I'm like watching it. I'm like, buddy, he's got the ball like on in his half. Chill out. Like he, he, he made one move past a guy. Like, don't get me wrong. It's nice. If Christian Pulisic, like he made a turn on Mepham. Yeah. We talked about it yesterday. I'm like, I'm gassed up over it, but it's also 60 yards away from the goal. So let's chill out a little bit. But it's, it's the opposite of a baseball broadcast where like a baseball broadcast, you can fall asleep and never miss anything because they just kind of talk to you like this and the counts uh, two and one here and a deep drive. You can kind of wake up as they get louder. The opposite is true of a Latin broadcast. I kind of love it, man. I love the enthusiasm for this game. I, I, I think uh, just like the USA game, because that's what I think most people have listened to. Like, you know, John, 
we have a good group, right, of American announcers. My brother was joking, like, am I going to have to listen to a bunch of British people? And I'm like, yes and no, but they gave the game to the American broadcast team. Um, Thank God. I, I know. It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers some people on the podcast. I just, I, dude, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go on a tangent now. Like, I just hate the, like, I don't need a British person to tell me how to consume this sport. I, dude, like, we're we're past this. Like, and I... The Premier League is a little different. Like, okay, with the Premier League, I'm like, okay, like, hey, we're watching their sport. Like, this is a British their sport. League. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Give me that. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Like, I, I don't even mind, like, on the Bundesliga, like, broadcast when I watch those. Like, you got, like, the one and, like, the, the like, main play-by-play guys, like, totally, like, American. But then when you're on ESPN+, Plus, like, the guy who's doing the color commentary, he's got, like, the thickest German accent you've ever oh, heard yeah. in your life. And he's, oh, yeah. he's, and, and Schlotterbach, he's, Schlotterbach. He's, looking to, he's, he's looking to play the ball. And Nicholas I'm like, okay, like... Schlotterbach. Okay, like, I'm fine with that. Like, fine. But, like, you know, we're, we're going Not American soccer. Humor. I don't... I don't need these guys, you know, but we're on a total tangent. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, Netherlands, Ecuador. I'm looking forward to seeing these two teams at the top of the table. Is like Ecuador really going to make a statement or are the Netherlands going to show they're like really the class of this group? Um, Wales, Iran, obviously, and the U.S.'s group. Um, I think the, we mo- the most hope. important nil-nil draw of our lifetime. Iran, Wales. <laughs> yeah, we have to hope for our <laughs> sakes. It just it's it that... is okay. it's fine if Iran wins, but the most important nil-nil draw of our lifetime. Yeah, I, we we have to hope that Iran discovers some of that, like you know, defensive solitude that we thought they had because they didn't show any of it the other day. Uh, some but, advice to Wales: I think less Kiefer Moore, more Daniel James. I don't know. I think that first half was bonkers for you guys. Keep it one hundred percent, Rob don't Page. I hope you're lessons. listening, Rob. Robbie, do us a we solid. love you, Rob. Kiefer yeah. Moore on the bench. The fan club um, can wait a little while for Kiefer. Maybe send Gareth Bell out golfing. They probably got some really dope places. To There's got to be super nice courses in Doha, right? I mean, you can like ski inside, I think, in Qatar. So uh, their golf courses have to be just nuts. hundred um, percent. So. so there's got to be ways to distract a personal him. day, buddy. What do you, you they have to have a play, top golf, right? They're going to ask you to play two times in one week. LAFC would never, bud. Take some time. Yeah. Find a <laughs> top golf. You know what? Gareth, you call, give me a call. I got apps at Top Golf for you, bud. If you're gonna go during the game, I got apps at Top Golf for I'll, you. I'll, I'll one up you. You pay for the apps. I'll pay for the drinks, and Gareth can have just a nice little I think uh, the, uh, I think Saturday the, afternoon, Friday afternoon. The, sorry, you uh, you opting to pay for the drink budget in Qatar is just asking to be like, yes, another water, <laughs> please. Uh, you cheap bastard. <laughs> um, no, I, I think kind of the last big game we're talking about is um going into just saturday not to get too far ahead of ourselves here is argentina mexico is maybe gonna kind of decide where that group c goes um and mexico played really well doesn't have anything to show for it argentina's kind of in the same boat both teams are gonna go in there feeling like they need to win three nothing and i think it's going to be an electric game that game should be exciting i think to be honest, though, if as good as I like praised Mexico earlier, if Mexico plays the way they did today against Argentina, Argentina might score seven goals. Like they're going to have to show Mexico. Looked, I don't know, man. The thing is that Mexico and I'm not if you're no, I think it's, I think it's that Argentina not, it looks suspect. 
right? I think they've got to do some soul searching and not let the pressure. Argentina yes and can't no. let the I... pressure compound. Yes, they need to yes, relax. Yes. They need to take a deep breath and not be like, we just lost to Saudi Arabia in Messi's final World Cup. What are we going to do? They just need to be like, my, yeah, we're just going to throw this my, crazy offensive lineup at you and deal point, with it, Mexico. My point is more if like Argentina conceded on like the two chances they gave up in the entire game and Mexico might get some chances. And I, like I kind of said, Mexico looked a little sloppy at finishing and creating like clear cut chances. Mexico also looked a little suspect at the back. Like one of the only good attacks Poland had in the game, it, it gave him a penalty. So Argentina is going to be a lot better on the front foot than I think than Poland was today. So it's going to be interesting for sure. Like I, I think a non-accomplishment, but absolutely yes. Yes, I, I think that attacking. one's going to be really be more attacking than Poland. Historically, it's, it's going to be super interesting to see like how that one shakes out for yeah. sure. Um, one more that I just want to shout on out. the retreat. But. Yeah, one more I want to shout out is uh, France Denmark on Saturday, which is also like uh, re- after drawing with Tunisia today, like a really important game for Denmark. So um, it, it might be, it, it could be a case we kind of broke it down in the pod yesterday of like six points versus five points versus four points. Um, like if Denmark loses this game, then they're I, done. Even they're not done, but they're they needing. I mean, they're needing, they're needing our math degree. They're, they're needing to get through with four points at that point, which is uh, you're leaving things to chance very much so. Like you're hoping, you're needing on match day three when France doesn't need points, France needs to gain points against Tunisia, basically, if, if you're assuming that Australia is going to be the punching bag of this group at least. Right, which I think they played better than a true punching bag today, but I think Tunisia played kind of played Denmark not off the pitch but near to it but um a lot of good games coming up here man absolutely highlighted by that USA England game on Friday I will be absolutely nervous as can be for probably now until then let's be honest 100% man (laughs) but I I think um you know at this point let's just kind of empty the bag here uh we got like Thanksgiving coming up um I don't want to tell you guys for sure. We haven't for sure figured out our pod schedule coming up this week. Um, Andrew, well-deserved, is traveling to see some family for Thanksgiving. So um, we'll see if if something super, super crazy happens in the USA-England game. We might try to get something together for you guys. Um, Otherwise, it might be like early next week that you hear from us. But going to take a couple of days well-deserved days to spend time with family and stuff and uh enjoy thanksgiving um on thanksgiving andrew i just i was listening to a pod earlier they bought it up and i was like yeah that's a cool thing to talk about it you have any like thanksgiving hot takes man like that you're like oh absolutely super i didn't know this question was about? Coming, but i've had one forever if i could go back in time and change one thing and doesn't involve any you know actual and doesn't actually change the course of human history I would get that turkey off the pilgrim's plate and I would give them a pig. Give them a ham. Give them some brisket. Give them something, man. Like, turkey's fine, but like by day three of turkey sandwiches, I'm absolutely never want to see another turkey again. And then Christmas is right around the corner. And you know what people want to make for that? A turkey. Like, what are we doing? Turkey is a you, fine. Dude. You a turkey? You're a turkey family for Christmas. My family's no, always no, been no. A Christmas we don't because I've had a I've had a 29 long year campaign against double turkey, let alone single turkey. 
Um, we will have a turkey. Turkey's fine, but like by day three of a turkey of a reheated turkey sandwich, I just want to run into traffic. How do you guys? Uh, are you like a you just a straight pop it in the oven turkey family, or you do anything extravagant? You fry it, or you like do anything special? Um, we haven't really in the past. We're supposed to try to fry it this year, so we'll see. Maybe that'll change my whole uh, worldview. It would be world. I've I've heard it's completely like game changing to I've also fry heard a turkey. It will I've, burn I've never down done your house, it. So I've also heard it will burn down your house. So, um, <laughs> one or the other, one or the <laughs> other. And at it's this a point, game I'm, of inches. I'm, I'm willing to do anything to make turkey taste better. Um, so uh, what about you, man? I, I'm I'm just going off here on my turkey turkey take. I, I have a hot take. You didn't know I, I had that, but it was ready. I go. have a hot take. Um, right. I, I want to say this this year for me. Um, so I just bought a house uh, myself like recently, and I'm having the family over for like the first time to my Ooh. place for Thanksgiving. And my thing was that um, I I do work at a place that's you know very generous. They gave us a free turkey every year for Thanksgiving. I, I'm with you. I'm super eh on turkey um something i'm hoping that really helps this year and i have to do it actually i have to start with it after we get off here is i have to you know uh get this thing in a marinade and stuff this turkey get this bird ready for a couple of days but i'm gonna smoke mine i got a pellet grill in the summertime Ooh. and i'm just all into smoking things lately and i'm gonna try smoking it see if it really like takes it up another another notch or not um we'll see where that goes i'll, I'll have to report back next week when we reconvene in, in case you're wondering, Spencer is absolutely the kind of guy who he didn't know you were hungry, but he just sent you a picture of something he's been smoking for six hours and you kind of hate him a little bit because it just feels it just feels rude. Oh, yeah. it's like, oh, man, I'm so hungry. Maybe I'll go get some food somewhere or whip something up in the air. For, oh, I got a text from Spencer. What's this? God. bless. Oh, I've Spencer. definitely what caught you with doing? some strays. I've caught you with some strays, which is like a. <laughs> sensual looking rack of ribs and stuff my, my apartment won't even let me have a grill and he's out here with this house and this smoker i'm just like this is, <laughs> this is i lived that life for like the last have, five years soccer. i'm glad we have soccer and a lot of mutual friends otherwise this would be <laughs> just be that's good just draw just hit me with a no reply until you have another soccer thought and we'll be all good just you can just <laughs> totally breeze me I'll, I'll i'll know deep down i'm like god damn dude you're tickling my tummy but I, um, I do i do want the pictures i just you seem to find the time i'm like man i'm really hungry right now something good well oh, on thanksgiving smoking day, brisket for seven hours Great. I, I like to think on thanksgiving day if i send you a picture of the turkey you should be well f at least filled up or anticipating being filled up it's a day Absolutely. of gluttony so i feel that like that's a safe day to send it uh, my hot take sorry before we just get out of here my hot take is um Sweet potato casserole with like the uh, marshmallows and shit on top of it. Yep. Shove it up your ass, dude. Whoa. Sweet potatoes are amazing. Mm. I love sweet potatoes. If you need to make them sweeter, then you're a fucking psychopath is how I feel. The marshmallows are so unnecessary. I, I, we, this year, thank God I married a woman who is of the same stream of consciousness as myself on this that we said... Uh, and I talked to my mother about it the other day because, like, she's the same thing as me, too. My dad and I believe my sister, they're both like super into sweet potato casserole. And I was like, she's like, yeah, they really like it. And I was like, yeah, well, they can get fucked kind of like, no offense. Love you guys. <laughs> but you're getting sweet potatoes. I, we're going to make mashed sweet potatoes. I love mashed sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes by themselves are, are amazing. And if you need to add extra sugar to those things, quite frankly, um, yeah, you have a problem. <laughs> Look, you'll, you'll get no pushback from me here. 
um, on the doubling down on how sweet something has to be. I'm not, I mean, I'm a potato over sweet potato guy. I don't know if that just ends the podcast here, but like. No, I love um, potatoes. Who doesn't love a nice potato? They're what this country's built on from my perspective, but. I believe um, that's Ireland, but yes. uh, Same thing. What's the difference? Um, Mm. And also the other, only other bone I had to pick is uh, it's hot dish. I don't know what a casserole is, but my family comes from uh, Minnesota, uh, where we you're, have. A, you're from uh, too north, dude. Yeah, man. well, I've equaled it out by moving to Texas. So, um, <laughs> but uh, like, a ta- like a like a nice tater tot hot dish, tater to hot dish. Oh, beautiful! Just what we hot need. Oh. Dish, yeah, man, man. You, 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 you would. Oh, hold on, though. But you would love some tater tot dish. Oh, I would love like I would I love tater tot casserole, but like I'm not going to yeah, call it a hot dish. I've never had it. I don't know if it's similar. Okay. Maybe it's some sort of drink. I don't know, but we can, it is a tater tot hot yeah, dish. And enjoy your hottie totties and all that bullshit. No, that's like, oldness. You're getting so confused with all your different drinks. Um, <laughs> but I think what is, uh, what is like the hot cocktail that they drink in uh, Minnesota? Oh, oh, uh, it is a hottie toddy. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, they drink those for sure, too. It's so cold. They drink everything up there. But Yeah, what's there's like some like hot cocktail they drink in Minnesota that I always, when I see like the stereotypical like Wisconsin like Instagram accounts and they make reels, I'm drinking my hottie toddy. Like, I don't know what it is. It's I mean, something. I, maybe, I think it is a hottie toddy. Maybe it is, but now I... It's also I, Ole Miss, I though. I, I live in SEC country now by uh, A&M, but... So now I have to hear about Ole Miss, like literally people yelling. That's what I'm saying. I, leave, you're, so. I, I, th- I think I have the name right. But I might get, you know, killed I in the comment section. But I don't know. Not you. Please are you in the comment section. Go against everything we're saying here. Like I don't know if you're throwing me a red herring here and you're just like, you totally gaslit me and I had the right thing, but I don't know. Well, man, I, well I don't think of it as a Minnesota thing, um, but that just means it's just not necessarily a my family thing, right? Um mm. But uh, yeah, man, I think of it as the Ole Miss drink. But um, I think that about does it here, man. Unless you got any other, uh, you know, Thanksgiving hot. Unless you're, you know, anti cranberry sauce here before we roll. But um, I don't know. I, I heard it something on another podcast where they were debating like cranberry sauce from a can versus fresh. And I don't know. Maybe I just grew up too poor that I was just like it was never going to be a fresh cranberry sauce. I, they said it was like a northeastern thing. I don't know. I don't know if you had anything else, but. I don't, no, man. I, I, I don't have any other really blazing hot takes. I just, when no. I tell people I don't like sweet potato casserole, I usually get, you know, crucified a bit. But as, otherwise, as you know, uh, if we go too deep into food takes, it gets dangerous for me before I just. Yeah, we might be on here for another hour. Yeah, man. Um, I just say I just have some controversial takes. Uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing compared to the Almond Joy uh, conniption we all had in the oh. Thanksgiving or the Halloween candy. But tales for another time. I we, think I think we're ready to wrap it up here. Let's, this been, let's shut it down. Let's uh, enjoy our Thanksgivings before you know I throw something out and get you completely crucified because you got some crazy takes. I'm sure they'll come up eventually, but I, know, I hope I you know. have a happy right Thanksgiving. Now it's just man. That crazy Ecuador take that would get me crucified. Yeah. Oh wait, no, 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 no. Uh, That's that guitar uh, take from Spencer. Thank you guys. And for with listening. that. <laughs> Follow on Twitter, guys, at Fish Fries Pod. Please uh, give us a follow, a like, a review. They all really help us out, really help us grow the brand. We're going to keep coming at you guys through this Fish World Fries Cup, Pod, uh, Twitter. We'll have a couple. Yeah, we'll have a couple uh, quiet days probably here. Um, we'll be on Twitter, though. We'll definitely be on the Twitter machine firing out some good content. We'll reconvene next week, and I think we're going to really go pretty hard at it after that. Yeah, something um, – 
I know we've kind of been thinking about here, but if there's anything you want us to talk about, you want to explain for soccer, if you're an American listening who doesn't listen much and you're trying to get into the World Cup, if you've kind of got anything like that, hit us up. We're happy to talk about anything you need. But uh, 100%. I'd love to do an empty out a little mailbag or something. That would be awesome. Mail. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to do it for us today. Um, until next time, Spencer, I, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, take care. Have a happy Thanksgiving, dude. You too, man. See you guys soon. Go USA.